the positive reinforcement around listening, I can't even, I can't possibly overstate it. Anytime I caught my kids doing good listening, I would say, wow, great listening. Like, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for your great listening. So if I said, you know, oh, can you go pick up your shoes? And they went to pick up their shoes, you know, toddlerhood, right? Oh, great listening. I mean, even when they were like one, if they actually responded to something that I said, I would say, oh, you're such a great listener. Thank you so much for your great listening. I really appreciate your great listening. And I do think catching them when they're doing it right is so important because those times then when you have to say, hey, where are your listening ears? They don't feel as harsh because they're buffered by all those positive times that you've acknowledged. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Adults podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today, FFPs, our future-focused parents. And if you are new to our show, welcome. We are so happy that you're here and going to be around for a chat today about getting our kids to listen. And boy, that's a that's a topic, Dina. How are you doing over there? You're in your <laughs> coat closet. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> it, it is a topic. I think it's a fairly universal topic. I think even for those parents out there who have, you know, really on the whole, really good listeners as children for their children, there's, you know, going to be those moments or those pockets of time where we maybe feel like we're giving too many reminders or like, I feel like a broken record. I'm saying this a lot. What's going on? Or just even getting some resistance. So I'm hoping this will be applicable to most people today. And if it's not, I mean, basically, I just want to say like, well, kudos to you. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of parents have had their moments around listening. Oh my gosh, seriously. We just got a dog, as you know, and as some of our listeners know, and I legit feel like I'm back in the toddler years with Mm. this puppy. Like, I mean, it's not even a puppy. He's like five years old, super sweet, but also not listening. (laughs) And it's like, oh my gosh, we're here again. Like, this is why I didn't have more children because I was like, (laughs) I can't go through that again. can't. I can't. And now here I am. So I literally have a, a dog at my feet. He's very sweet. His name is Guido. And um, we do really love him, but he might, I don't know what he's going to do. This is his first day recording with me today. So let's welcome, let's welcome Guido to the laundry room. Hello, Guido. <laughs> oh, bless the little doggy. Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that's going to be working out just fine. We're not going to have any major upsets. I don't think we will. I think it's going to be great. I think it is. I mean, it is crazy, though, like it starting to train him brings up so many of the feelings that I had when my kids were little. It's really fascinating. And even I think feelings that I didn't realize at the time that I had that as I'm feeling them again, I'm like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> Not to say that kids and dogs are the same listeners, like just so we're clear. But there are some interesting similarities between how you feel and you're caring for this creature and you want to keep them safe and healthy and also you know, they need to work in your family and they need to listen to you and all the stuff that we're going to talk about today. It's kind of interesting timing. <laughs> Super interesting timing. And yeah. li- and listening to yourself is also a good thing. We've, we've talked about like you should listen to the looking inward episodes and, you know, all the times we talk about knowing thyself. Like there's so many ways that listening applies. It just made me think of it because, you know, I'm doing the 
the kind of one resolution a month instead of right. a New Year's resolution. And already my January one, I was like, it's not for me. <laughs> so, no. um, so it's great. Wow. I mean, and that's really fun. Like, I, I mean, people know that because of my my faith as a Christian, like I read my Bible, I pray, and I what I did for January was I've moved that to the very first thing I did in the day. I was like, I really feel like this sets the tone and I should be taking care of myself spiritually first and get that part going. But I just really like to work out first. And the whole time I was sitting there like, when can I start exercising and get that over with? You know, like, <laughs> and so I just realized, you know what? I actually give it better attention when I've already worked out and I'm not like divided in my mind. So it was so interesting. So I'm excited to see what February brings. I think that's part of it, like listening to what works for you. Like we're all on this listening thing. And so I'm liking the February one. What it is, is getting better at jotting down or sending myself a text right when I think of something. Because mm. nothing makes me more bonkers than when I'm like, what was that that I was going to do? <laughs> so <laughs> totally. I'm trying to like even bring my phone with me like into the bathroom if I'm going to take a shower. Because sometimes I have great ideas in the shower and then I have nowhere to write them down. <laughs> so I can like send myself a text. And so this one I think might become a lifelong habit, but the January one, it was a no go. I'm like, it's important that I pray and read my Bible. For me, it's not as critical that it's the very first thing I do. So, well, and you're so brilliant that you came up with this one thing a month so that you could be like, nah, <laughs> throw but it let's out remember, I didn't come up with it. I think you mentioned oh, it. I came up with like, it. <laughs> yeah, you had like a friend who did it. I was like, I love that. I should try <laughs> that sometime. So, yeah, it's been a great experiment so far. Okay. And uh, yeah, we, and you've got listening on the brain because you're trying to teach a dog to listen. So, like, it's very applicable all the way around. I'm excited to dive in. So why don't we start with our why? I, I mean, okay. I can kind of guess what we're maybe going to say around this, but what was your why for making sure your kids were good listeners? Yeah. I mean, I guess ultimately it was just around making sure that our house functioned smoothly. I mean, that's a common why for me. I wanted a home where it was just calm and comfortable and we listen to each other and you know like I don't you know you and I disagree around this word obedience so I, I that's not exactly it for me but I did want a home where they understood that if I ask you to do something I need you to do it you know and if you aren't going to do it I need to understand why and we need to have a conversation about that but I also think that I wanted to create an environment where they knew that I also listened to them and where we listen to each other and there's mutual respect. And so I think that for me, less obedience, more respect. Like if mom says something, I need you to respect what she said. And if you need to respectfully disagree or have a conversation with me, that's fine. But our house runs in a way where we listen to each other and we treat each other with that kind of respect. And that sets them up for that adulthood, that when their boss is giving them an instruction, that they know how to listen and follow through and they're not going to just ignore something. Or if a friend comes to them and says, hey, I'm having you know this issue, that they really know how to listen. Because the other thing is, you know, working in mental health, you you learn to listen you know, to really listen to someone and not be formulating your next thought while they're talking. So there's lots of different layers here to what it means to really listen. But ultimately, I think there has to be a strong connection first, and that creates that listening and that connection is really important to me. So I, I don't know if I answered your question. I already you rabbit trailed. Look at that. No, you did. Actually, you 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 stole my why. Oh, <laughs> so guys, uh, what she said. I'm, I, I mean, really, it was like around how our house worked and it was around how my kids moved through the world. 
as adults. So there you go. This is why this is important to focus on. And you also touched on something I'm going to talk about later, which I think is so important to this. So thank you a million times. So that's a teaser. Kira just said something that I'm going to come back to later and give you a tip about. So that's awesome. So we should talk nuts and bolts and what's and how's. Let's do it. And we can do that. I, I have just kind of a jumping off point that I think might be helpful. And it's a real practical, actual tool you can do. So those of you listeners who really like, hey, what can I like implement right away? What could I be doing? This is one of them. And what this is, is requiring a response when you give an instruction. So I think a lot of times we kind of confuse hearing and listening, and they really are, there's some subtle nuance there, but we do want to first at least make sure our children hear us. And when they, I mean, I could totally get like hate email for this, but I do think there's something powerful about when a child responds, they're really indicating they're in this conversation Mm -hmm. and that they have heard and have listened. And I think it really changes outcomes for the better. So whatever that is in your house, whatever feels good to you, like my kids would say like, yes, mommy or whatever, but it might be just okay. Or it might be, this is where They can raise a question. Oh, can I ask about that? Or can I have a little more time before I clean my room? It could be something like that. But when you set up a home where the environment is such that, you know what, we really acknowledge each other when we're speaking, whether that is a parent giving an instruction or whether that's a conversation about something else entirely, I think there's something really powerful about that. The other thing I like about this is it removes the opportunity for the excuse, I didn't hear you. Mm -hmm. Because kids will often, especially as they move into grade school, kind of try to fall on that from time to time, just so that they can get out of things. (laughs) And they they usually go, I didn't hear you. (laughs) I mean, and often it's nothing malicious at all, but it's just kind of a great scapegoat for them. Like, oh, I didn't even hear you say that, mom. What? (laughs) So it really kind of removes that because it's like, well, if you responded to me and acknowledged what I said, I know you heard me. So then it becomes that distinction of, you know what? I know you heard me. It looks like you weren't listening. So that's just one little. I love that. that You know, so a funny, funny rabbit trail. Here we go. I so in theater, as you know, Dina, um, when you're you're backstage, right? Your stage manager right before curtain. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You get get a, you know, 10 minutes and then the actors are required to say thank you 10 so that the stage manager knows everyone heard the call. And then they get a five minute, thank you, five. And then you get a places, which means you stand up and you walk to, you know, the wings. Mm. And I taught my kids, we'd be at the park and I'd be like, 10 minutes. And they'd go, thank you, 10. <laughs> and my goal was to of call. Of course you like, did. My goal was to call places and have them go to the car, but it, I never got there. I was really sad, but I did, I did get to thank you, 10 and thank you, five. And actually it helped that transition out of, the, you know, out of a fun environment, right? That was how I would transition them. But I love that because you're absolutely right. It, it removes the ability to say, I didn't hear you. And it encourages them to show up for those conversations, right? And I'm sure we will talk about later then how do we have these conversations in a way where they feel heard too. But they're, if you get them to engage and they actually then have a conversation that feels good to them, they're more mm-hmm. likely to then want to respond and engage next time. I totally agree. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. I'll share a how and then I'll kick it back to you. Does that okay. sound good? Right. So one of the things that we did, and I've talked about this on the show several times, so I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but the positive reinforcement around listening, I can't even, I can't possibly overstate it. 
anytime I caught my kids doing good listening, I would say, wow, great listening. Like, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for your great listening. So if I said, you know, oh, can you go pick up your shoes? And they went to pick up their shoes, you know, toddlerhood, right? Oh, great listening. I mean, even when they were like one, if they actually responded to something that I said, I would say, oh, you're such a great listener. Thank you so much for your great listening. I really appreciate your great listening. And I do think catching them when they're doing it right is so important because those times then when you have to say, hey, where are your listening ears? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, they don't feel as harsh because they're buffered by all those positive times that you've acknowledged. And we used to, when they were even small, I would say, oh, if I had something important to tell them, I'd be like, oh, I have something important to say. Let's turn on our listening ears. Ding, ding. And I would touch my ear and I'd get them to touch their ears and go ding, ding, <laughs> turn on their yeah. little ears. And I just think creating that positive environment around listening, like listening is fun. It's a connection with me. It's a moment of instruction or positive reinforcement that when you do something really well, I'm going to tell you how much I appreciate you and how how great a job you did. So that's sort of my first how is just that positive reinforcement. Catch them when they're doing it right. That's so powerful. And the listening ears thing is a really helpful little trick too. And just how we often kind of give the world our best and our family gets the leftovers. It's like everyone gets the best, your family gets the rest. And it's so sad because it really should be in reverse. And I think listening is one of those areas. We almost get to where we're quite capable of tuning out our family members. And so I would even say to my kids, I need you to tune your ears to mommy's voice, Mm. that that somehow my voice would, would hit them differently and in a way where they would actually perk up, not tune out. And it was really powerful. So I loved that. And I think that's really important. That's so great. Oh, I love that. Especially like linking it to your voice, which is like such a, for most kids, such a beautiful and positive thing, their mother's voice, right? Yeah. I think that's great. Hey, we need to take a little bit of a break and then we will come back with whatever that teaser was, Dina. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta share it. (laughs) And then I have some thoughts too about the other side of listening. Like actually, how do we teach our kids to listen, not just to us, but to the world and and Mm -hmm. be an active listener. So we'll talk about those things when we get back. Well, hey, everyone. We have not talked about membership in a couple weeks, so we're going to just share a little bit about it. We would love to have you join our future-focused parenting family and become a member. We have three tiers of membership, and if you haven't checked it out yet, please do. It's a great way to get engaged and involved in this community of future-focused parents. That first tier is really just a small way of saying that the content that we bring you on the show is positive and that you like it and you want more of it. It really does help us keep this show running to have patronage and to have members. And so we would love you to check that out. That second tier, you get access to our amazing audio and video library called Future Focused in Five, which is all sorts of great parenting tips in five minutes or less. And in that third tier, that top tier, you actually get to engage with us for a monthly Q&A where we answer your parenting questions live on a monthly call with us and you get access to all of our online courses and programs for free. It's really an amazing opportunity to engage. So we do encourage you to check it out. Go to futurefocused.com parenting.com. Click on the membership tab and all the info you need will be right there. Okay, Dina, tell us. Yeah. So I I will let the cat out of the bag on that teaser. What I loved is when you were sharing about your why, you talked about this important link between our children listening to us and how are we showing up as listeners for them. And I, I think parents often kind of don't I don't know. We kind of miss this part. And I like one example. Let me give a practical example. Have you ever caught yourself when your child is giving you their explanation for why they did whatever? And you're like, I don't want to hear it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just a right. phrase as simple as that. We're sending the message. I don't want to listen to you. I don't have time for your explanations. I don't have time for what you might want to share with me. When for all we know, they might be about to bring information to the table that changes how we view mm-hmm. the situation. I mean, this yeah. is why we use the polite appeal, which I've talked about on the show. Like it gives my kids a chance to offer me new information that might make me say, oh yeah, you can have that extra five minutes or whatever it might be. So I think this part is so important that we're modeling being good listeners. It's really unfair. And I think we do this maybe in a lot of parenting, or we don't mean to, but we can slip into doing this in a lot of parenting where we're expecting something of our children that we're not actually doing a great job at ourselves. And I just think that's a powerful takeaway for parents to take a look at their own listening in the world, but also as it pertains to their children. Am I facing them when they're talking to me? Am I looking them in the eye? Am I setting down whatever I was doing? Am I setting down my phone? I mean, right? There's just so many ways we can kind of fall into a little bit of a landmine here. And I think it's just important. And you touched on that. And I was like, oh, that was something I wanted to say. So I just think parents, if you're wondering, like, you know, why does it seem like my kids don't listen? Or why do I find myself feeling like they're tuning me out? Sometimes the best place to look is in the mirror. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard to hear. And like, I want you all to know I'm saying that with love. And I've had to look in the mirror too about some of these same things. Am I really giving my full attention? It's why I've gotten better at telling my kids now if I can't, where I'll say, you know what? This really deserves my full attention. And I can't give it that right now. Can I check back in with you when I'm done cooking dinner or whatever it might be? Because sometimes I'm guilty of this too. So please hear it with love. It's meant to be an encouragement, but it is also a hard truth that sometimes we're asking something of our kids that we're kind of falling down on, if that makes well, sense. Well, oh my gosh, absolutely. I'm so glad you said this because I think that's exactly right. Who are we to demand our children to listen to us and then we refuse to listen to them? I mean, that like, no, what kind of interpersonal relationship is that? Just because I'm your parent? I mean, that's that's ruling in that like, you know, dictator way, right? Like I demand this of you, but I'm not willing to mm. give it back. This is a an exchange. And yes, you are the authority figure. And yes, you're the team captain. But it goes back to that thing when we talked about that on the team captain episode, right? That yeah. you have to be the kind of boss your kids want to work for. Right. And so if you have a boss that never listens to you and expects you to listen, that breeds resentment. And we can't do that. So if we are as best we can, because yes, we have jobs, we have responsibilities our kids don't have. But when we can, whenever we can, to really be active listeners for our children, not only are they going to feel seen and heard and, and and develop and learn the skills that they need to be active listeners in the world, but they're going to feel listened to and they're going to be that much more likely to listen. So I love that you said that. I love it. And I think that really does nicely bring me to what I wanted to share about, you know, how do we teach active listening in the world? And we've talked about this on the sibling episode too, right? Like how they engage with each other, making sure there's eye contact when there's maybe a problem that they need to solve and that they're on similar levels and no one's Mm -hmm. towering over the other. It's the same with us. When we're talking to our children as best we can, we want to get on their level. We want to make sure that we're making eye contact. We want to make sure that we're using a clear and firm voice or a kind voice if we don't need to escalate to firm and that we're showing them that, you know, we expect them to listen, but also modeling good listening skills when they're talking to us by putting our phone down, et cetera. And that I think is so important because as they get older and they start to have relationships, friends, all the things, I would love for my adults to be the kind of people that people say, you know, they really listen. They really listen. Yeah. And, you know, active listening is, it's not 
forming your thought while the other person's talking. It's absorbing their thought, listening, and then responding. And the more that we can model that, the more likely we are to, to raise those adults that are good listeners as well. So true. And who doesn't want kids that become those adults where exactly. they're moving around through the world and in their relationships and and people say, wow, I know I can talk to them and they'll really give me their full attention, their mind and ears will be with me, but so will their heart. And even, you know what that often means, and we're uncomfortable with this, I think, in our society, is it might mean that when the person finishes talking, you're quiet for a minute because now it's your chance to think of a response. If you really weren't trying to formulate it while they're talking, it might mean silence after they finish. And I think we get so uncomfortable with silence, we might be formulating our response not even for any icky reason. It's just like, we got to keep the conversation moving. Right. Well, well, do we? Like, maybe those those moments to pause and give space for what's happening or what's being communicated, that's powerful too. So could not agree more. Okay, so we have to talk about, though, because I know there are parents that are listening. They're like, well, what do I do if my kid won't listen? Like, they put their hands over their ears. <laughs> they run away or say, no, 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 no. So do you have thoughts on that? I'm sure you do. Yeah, I have just kind of one final thought, and it would encompass that kind of behavior as well as the kind of behavior where a parent maybe is describing, well, I'm just giving, you know, that same verbal instruction over and over and over, or I've got a kid like what you're describing. Maybe they're running out of the room or they're covering their ears. What you what you really have there is kind of beyond just not listening. And I think, again, this might be hard to hear. Maybe you could come after me for it. But I think parents have to sometimes look at when we're saying my kid doesn't listen, what we're saying is they're not doing the thing I've given instruction about. Yeah. It's really not about the listening. It's about the action that comes after that. And I think the same can be said for that kind of action of not listening, hands over the ears, fleeing the scene. What you've got there is some behavior that may need some redirection. And I think we sometimes don't want to look at that and we get frustrated and we're like, I feel like a broken record. I'm saying the same thing all day, but we've got to kind of be willing to ask ourselves the question, are they really not listening? Or does this mean they're not doing what you've said? And then we, again, turn that focus back to ourselves and got to make a plan because mm -hmm. I do think we can get into, you know, just, I, I don't even know the word I want to use here, but there is something to be said for a consequence over warning, 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 warning. Now, I've been clear about this, I believe, before on the show, but I am a fan of warnings. I think kids deserve a heads up. Mm -hmm. They deserve to know what's coming. That is important. So please hear me say that. I think even if you're going to have to meet out a consequence, they deserve a heads up. Oh, here's what I'm seeing. If I see that again, fill in the blank. Here's what will happen. With that being said, I think the other danger we run into when we give warning after warning or our child covers their ears and now we're mad and we want to pry their hands off or we start shouting, we've let ourselves escalate yep. either to yelling or to maybe even something physical where now we're like in a little bit of a physical struggle and you and I really don't advocate battles of any kind, but certainly not physical ones. And I just want to say, I think it's really powerful to think about this, a consequence delivered calmly after one or two warnings, whatever it is that's comfortable in your family, whatever system you've come up with, a consequence delivered calmly is still better than a 10th warning delivered with a shout. Yes. Or a oh, yell. I love that. That's so well said, Dina. I love that. 
So I just think that's worth looking at. That's all I wanted to say. I, I And I'm not saying that I've done this perfectly either. I want to be really clear about that. I mean, I've raised my voice. I've given too many warnings sometimes. But I just think sometimes when we hear, I know I hear this with clients too. When I'm hearing my child isn't listening, sometimes it's something else and it's yeah. not really that. And it might be that we've created an environment. I think we really teach our kids what we're okay with. And so if we've given warning after warning after warning and nothing ever happens, we've taught them that that's okay to not listen to me the seventh time. I really need to listen on the ninth time because then she yells, you know? <laughs> well, I think I think what I particularly like about this is you and I say a lot, if what you're doing right now isn't working, it's not going to suddenly start working. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, if you're listening to this because you have kids that are putting their hands over their ears or you're shouting all the time or whatever it is, it's not working. So then we have to look at, okay, I got to stop doing what's not working and start doing what works. And what is that going to be? And making that course correction, letting them in like we talk about all the time, like, hey, I've noticed that the listening hasn't been great and it makes me end up shouting and everything's just not how I want it to be. So we're going to make some changes and it's going to look like this. You know, I'm going to give you one warning and then if you don't listen, then here's what's going to happen and set the tone for that course correction. Because whatever is happening right now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my kids don't listen, it's not working. So let's figure out what is going to work. Like that's what we want for you. Yes. I mean, that is the perfect point to end on. It's so true because this is really about loving them well again. This isn't about making them mind. This isn't that. This is really about the relationship that you're cultivating. And so that is a perfect segue to my quote. I actually came across a lot of great ones. And one of them you kind of hit on with this idea of our kids are watching us and we have this opportunity to listen well and teach them how to navigate through the world as they have bosses and things. And it was something like, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it was something like, don't worry that your kids don't listen. Worry that they're always watching. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> this is so true. Like, um, or there was this, uh, another one I came across. This one I do remember it was by James Baldwin. And it was like, children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. You know, yeah. so again, like <laughs> this willingness to look in the mirror is so important. But ultimately, here's the one I chose. And it does come back to, are we creating this relationship where we're doing this as well, not just requiring it of our children? And it's by Jane Nelson. Here's what it says. Children will listen to you after they feel listened to. Mm, yes. So we both oh, have a job to do, parents and kiddos. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we were able to kind of talk about both sides of that today because I think lots of us, I mean, myself included, when you're frustrated, it's like, why won't you listen to me, right? That's what you're feeling. But it is a relationship and we have to remember that. And that doesn't mean that we then go, oh, well, you know, the kid's the only one that matters and the relationship is all about them. It's not. It's about both people, but it's about both people. And we have yes. to make sure that we're looking at both of those people as we're having this conversation. So. Yeah. So quick takeaways, you guys, if you're thinking through what can I start doing, consider requiring a response when you give an instruction. Really think about adding in that positive reinforcement, sprinkling that in liberally when it goes well. And if you think you've got a not listening problem, look at maybe do you have a not following through problem and decide for yourself, how many warnings will I give? Remember that powerful thought that it's better to give a calm consequence than a shouting warning for the hundredth time. That's really important. And then exactly what Kira said. There's two people in this relationship and there's two people in this relationship. <laughs> so, period. The end. Period. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. 
<laughs> I love it. Well, FFPs, we hope you found that helpful. Thank you for being with us today. Don't forget to follow us on social media if you haven't already. We are at Future Focused Parenting. And if you have not checked out our brand new Spankin website, it's pretty great. It is Future Focused Parenting. And you can also hit subscribe and get those episodes in your phone or wherever it is that you listen every single week. You won't miss one. So be sure to subscribe to the show. And finally, if you have not yet left us a five-star rating and some kind words, we'd be so grateful if you did. They really do help our show grow um, and reach more people. And we also share those kind words on social media. So if you haven't reviewed the show yet, be sure to. Thank you so much for being with us. And we look forward to being back with you again next week. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Editing by Allison Preisinger, music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>